0: Welcome. We are so glad you've joined us today. Are you ready for another Basar Christian Church podcast? Let's get straight into it. So great to have you here tonight. Isn't it good that we're getting some rain? There's more rain on the way, which is good. And there's storms out west right now as we speak, raining on drought areas in, in western Queensland right now, uh, which is awesome, and also inland New South Wales, which is pretty cool. So God hears our prayers. I know there's many groups around our nation that have been praying for rain and and, uh, send messages and emails saying we're praying and they're joining together and praying and and God hears our prayers and when people join together. I want to share something tonight that is uh, probably both challenging and helpful at the same time, and uh, I've been reflecting on uh, everything our nation's been going through and watching what's happening, and people's reactions, and media's reactions, and, and everyone's reactions, especially on social media and all of those medias uh, that we have around us now. And uh, I just want to share a, a bit of a basis before I uh, get into it and just set, set a bit of a platform. You know, what I've noticed uh, in the last months or so in our nation is that people uh, want someone to be a hero, and they want to cheer on a hero, and they want someone to blame. They want both. And uh, and some people just want to you know cheer someone on. And other people they just they want to blame someone on. Some people they want to cheer someone and blame someone. And now recent uh, fires that are still happening, and it's and it's, we haven't heard as much about it the last few days because things have settled down a little bit. And but there's still a fire burning uh, in New South Wales and Victoria that has joined together that it's seven times the size of London and uh, that it's not out. So that's quite a large fire. And so, and, uh, and so we don't hear about rush because it wasn't as bad as it was. But, so we've heard all these media reports and things and people uh, want someone to be a hero, want someone to blame and now and heroes in this whole thing have been the firefighters and, uh, and especially the volunteer firefighters that have spent weeks away from you know, their work and things like that and, and fighting fires, some giving their lives. Uh, for this in this whole thing and, and emergency service people and people driving excavators and the army personnel have been out there for a couple of months and and all these people that have been you know on just giving hours and hours and hours exhausting themselves fighting fires, saving thousands of houses and people's lives and so they're heroes but then also we see um, there's people looking for someone to blame, so our Prime Minister's caught plenty of blame, he's an easy target so people have targeted him and our state leaders have caught blame and environmentalists have caught blame and state fire departments have caught blame even people are being criticised for giving so much money because they're giving it They have because they've given large amounts of money and they're doing it for the wrong reasons so we're going to blame them too, even though they're trying to give money to people to help them and uh, you can you can find ways to blame anyone for doing anything and so even Donald Trump's been blamed for our fires and he's probably (laughs) somehow somehow he's done something wrong that's caused these fires to happen and so people are looking for heroes and looking for people to blame people are quick to point blame without evidence or a consideration of whether what they are saying is based on fact or truth people look for someone to blame as a way of coping with their own pain and frustration and shock of what is happening around them. A lot of the blame is their reaction in their own lives because this is overwhelming, I can't handle this, I'm frustrated, I can't help, what do I do? I need to do something so I'll blame somebody, I need to find fault because it will make me feel better. And there's also people out there that are blaming who simply want to cause strife and discord as that is their agenda. A problem comes when someone may disagree... With their point of view, or simply have another alternative, then in their mindset of easily getting offended with someone who doesn't agree, they put that person in the category of an enemy or someone to blame as well. Just because maybe you don't think the same way, or there could be an alternate answer, that no, well then you must you're against me. I'm putting you. I'm I'm. I'm defriending you from Facebook. I don't I want to be friends with you anymore. You haven't agreed with my point of view, and so plenty of that has been going on. If you're on Facebook in the social media world. If you're not on Facebook, don't get on Facebook. You're better off not being there. And so, a balanced approach would be to wait and focus on helping people get through the current disaster before saying anything at all. And instead of waiting, and because there's not one person to blame, there's many factors that have occurred in a situation like that. Many factors that go back many, many years—not a few years, but decades. And so, there's not just—it's easy to blame someone in authority or, or whatever, but that person in authority represents many people in authority under them as well that make many decisions that a person at the top doesn't make. And so it's easy to find blame, but people need to sit back and just look back at the whole, take the big picture into account. And we've got a disaster and tragedy happening in people's lives, and the best thing we could be doing is not looking to blame people, but actually help people and doing constructive things to help. And the majority of our nation wants to do that. It's the minority that uh, make a lot of noise and want to find someone to blame. So many people, mainly on social media, don't know how to have a healthy discussion without the need to be right or have the person uh, agree with them or disagree with them. It's so you can, you can try and have a discussion with someone on Facebook or whatever, social media, and it's almost if people don't, they want, they want to be right. It has to be, I have to have the last say. So the conversation, a hundred and something comments later. You know, down there's two people having this argument about, because they're trying to be right. And then, you know, on occasion it's like, I oh, would we'll just agree to disagree. And, oh yeah, you should have said that about a hundred comments ago. And so, and so you, would wasted, you could have wasted hours of your night. You could have plenty of hours of sleep, but you lost it all. And so, there's all these stuff, stuff going on and people want to be right. They want to, it has to be my way. I read a great, in Proverbs, that says this, in Proverbs nineteen eleven. Good sense and discretion make a man slow to anger. And it is in his honor and glory to overlook a transgression or an offense, without seeking revenge and harboring resentment. I'll read that again. Good sense and discretion make a man slow to anger. And it is in his honor and glory to overlook a transgression or an offense. When was the last time you overlooked an offense? Without seeking revenge or harboring resentment resentment that's in the amplified version people will choose to believe in something that's not true this is my observation they'll choose to believe in something that's not true just so they they can be right or win an argument i've seen it heaps of times on on social media i've seen people will choose to believe something or just even knowing it's not really right but just to be right they'll choose to that and my question is but are they really winning if you're agreeing with a lie There is a staggering amount of fake news that circulates around and you would have read articles that you believe were true, but in fact were fake. An editor, Christopher Norse, wrote this in the last couple of days. Lies have spread faster than grass fire during Australia's unprecedented national emergency. They've ranged from the exaggerated to the outrageous. Listen to this. One conspiracy bizarrely claims bushfires have been lit to clear a path for a high-speed rail down Australia's east coast. This is all articles. It's all true. Others uh, baselessly claim Islamic State is instructing its followers to wage war on the country with fire. That climate. Uh, that Chinese billionaires are using lasers to clear a path for new cities. Or that eco-terrorists are trying to spur action on climate change by manufacturing catastrophe. All of those things are baseless, but I've actually seen a couple of artic- those articles. I haven't seen the lasers from the billionaires, but... Um, um, if you're going to go looking for it, it's probably there. And, uh, and while some of them outrageous, there's others that are on there that look really good. They look like they're legitimate, but they're actually not true. National news agency Australian Associated Press has been overwhelmed by an influx of dubious social media posts relating to the national bushfire crisis that it must fact-check, fact not fact-check, fact-check, on, fa- on behalf of partner Facebook. They don't do any fact-checking at Facebook. Double A P chief executive Bruce Davidson said his fast um, far, fact che- oh, <laughs> checking team had been working through dozens and dozens of suspect posts relating to the bushfires this week with areas of concern ranging from misleading images to false political claims. The surge in false and misleading posts on social media, websites around the causes of the bushfires has led to concerns among politicians, academics who have urged the public to be careful when reading online content. We are contracted by, contracted by Facebook to look at a queue that is serviced by algorithms on Facebook that surface any potentially suspect post, Mr Davins has said. Right now it is all bushfires there are dozens and dozens of suspect posts some are political some are photos and some are scams you want to pull up that first image of a of a um, map if you can guys that's a nice picture so there's a map some of you might have seen this on social media Some bushfire maps have been uh, criticised for misleading people about the location and size of the fires, with a map used by the ABC in the US appearing to show the entire east coast of Australia on fire, as well as a strange line of fires through the centre of the country as well. There's no fires actually going through that part, but that's what's being circulated in America. No no, no, uh, no wonder so many American celebrities are giving, because they think all of that is on fire in Australia, Um, And so that's one way to get people to give, I guess. And so you just mislead them a little bit, as the ABC in America do. Uh, Image two, you want to throw another one up? You might have seen this picture. It's been on recently circulated in the last couple of weeks. Uh, There's also photos circulating that are not, not from the current crisis. A photo of a woman and five children clinging to a wharf was actually taken during the Tasmanian bushfires in 2013. And so uh, there's actually many pictures you see of fires burning that aren't actually of the fires that are burning now. They're actually of the five, ten years ago. And, uh, and you can pull that down. And so what I'm saying is, hey, there's, there's true articles out there, but don't get sucked into things that aren't true. Don't just, get, just you know, grab something and share something and you think, oh, that looks good, and you just read the heading. Don't ever just read the heading because it sounds really good and share it. Massive mistake. I've, I've um, read plenty of your p- people sitting in this room. I've read some of your things you've shared that I've read that you've read the heading and I've read it and it's got nothing to do with the heading. And then I've uh, seen people go, why did you share this? Because it has nothing to do with... Did you ever read this article? Did you read... And so some of you have shared things that you think are true and you actually you've shared it. Now, you haven't meant to share something that wasn't true, but it's probably a good idea to check if it is before you do. Because people... Well, things you share on social media or things you post, people just think, well, if you're sharing it, you believe it. And so whether you say you believe it or not, they'll just assume that you do. And so we see this kind of stuff going all the time. There are people deliberately, and I could show you a video on this, making fake news articles as a young guy uh, before the last presidential election, started making fake news articles and was earning $16,000 a month by the end of it for uh, sitting and behind his computer and he ended up leaving school because he was making so much money making fake news um, articles about things around the world because they are actually making money out of it. You need something that seems too, if something seems too good to be true, it probably is too good to be true. The problem is people often see something on social media, share it without even reading the article or checking whether it's true. Like I mentioned before, then they are caught in the circle of spreading fake news and they don't realize they're even doing it. Let me just share a couple of facts with you. And, and this, this we can it takes a few years to get uh, information together. But before the last presidential election, there was fake news reports flying around all over the place and uh, some of you may not have took any interest in it at all but a lot of people did around the world and a few of the things with this was that the Pope Francis uh, shocks the world and endorses Donald Trump for president which was a fake story but 960,000 people liked it and supported the post. Another fake post was uh, WikiLeaks confirms Hillary Clinton sold weapons to ISIS and 789,000 people believed that and uh, she loved that post and shared it. It's over. Hillary's ISIS email just leaked and it's worse than ever thought. They shared another one about it and 754,000 people uh, shared that one and, and it spread all around the world. Just read the law, Hillary is disqualified from holding any federal office. And so all these articles are flying around, 701,000 people believe that as well. And then the last one is FBI agent suspected and Hillary email leaks found dead in an apartment, murder-suicide. That was fake as well. And so th- hundreds of thousands of people. So people are deliberately writing these things and putting great headings on it. So, oh, look at that. And then they don't read all the article. Or they read an article and it's so cleverly written that you would think it's definitely real. But you can actually just go to another website in two seconds and find out whether this is real or not. And it will tell you. But people get so caught up in headlines. In fact, at the same time on Facebook, there was in out of articles that were fake and not fake... 8.7 million people were sharing and liking fa- uh, fake articles on Facebook and 7.3 million were liking and believing the ones that weren't. And so there was more people around. I think it's less now because they've been forced to put, uh, employ people that check articles and get rid of them off there because it was so rife. And people were making so much money out of writing fake articles to try and some of it was for their own agenda some of it was just to just disrupt what was going on and all kinds of stuff and so more than ever in the world we live in we need to be people aware of what is true what is not true and beware of the world that we live in i'm setting a precedent here in a base to talk about something then when we add to All of that stuff in social media to mainline media organizations on on news reports and papers and things like that who deliver stories with half the truth or half the story, we end up with the world asking, who do I believe and asking, who can I trust? And so we've got mainline media now also that do have their own agendas, some of them, and and they'll share half the truth. So you get half the story, and what they're saying isn't right, but they'll put their own twist on it. But there's another half to the story. When you put them together, it isn't actually portraying what they say. And so everything you read now... You, unless you know the editor, there's some really good editors in our nation that do, they do things to the book and there's others that put their own spin on it. And anything you read today, everything you watch today, you have to double check it all before you just believe it. That's the world that we live in. And no wonder people are asking, who do I believe and who can I trust? People ask, well, there's articles all the time, people are going, can, you really, can I really believe that? Do I even believe that anymore? Do I believe what it's on the news? Is that even happening? Is that real? And so there's people asking questions about who can I believe? What, What are they actually saying? What they're saying, is that actually true? And this is where Christians in the church need to step into the void and be the answer. This is where we need to step in and speak the truth. We need to live... With an opposite spirit reaction to what is going on around us, and we need to model the truth. What does it mean to have an opposite spirit reaction? So when you see things happening around you and conversations going on around you and, and people, it could be on on social media, it could be a conversation at work, it could be with some friends, and they're negative. When there's when there's you know fear or they're looking for someone to blame, if there's someone looking to blame or criticize someone, we can actually lift up and praise. The good that that person is doing or that organization is doing instead of just joining in and pulling it down, it's having an opposite spirit reaction. When there is fear, we can speak with faith where there is hopelessness we can speak with hope where there is hate we can love and where there is anger we can show peace and grace in situations In what are the we don't need to join in the worst thing you can do is join in with criticism or join in when and with someone's pulling someone down or, or when someone's saying something about someone else or gossiping the worst thing you can do is pull someone down. the best thing you can do is have the opposite spirit reaction and you don't have to have an argument with someone but you can just speak into that situation and say well I I don't, I think, you know, there's a, there's a better way to speak about this. I don't think there's a healthy way to speak about this and start speaking words of truth into a situation, having an opposite spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is opposite to the spirit of this world the spirit of this world will pull down will blame will criticize will want to bring hate and anger and the spirit of this world which comes from the enemy will pull down and there is a spirit in this world that will try and do that through different forms of media and through people and through different situations but the holy spirit is completely different opposite spirit the holy spirit will lift up will encourage will love will bring will bring joy instead of pain will wants to bring life instead of death and so we need to be people filled with the spirit of god speaking words of life through the Spirit of God to people and change the atmosphere around us, change situations around us, be in your workplace and speak words of life and watch the atmosphere change. Be positive instead of negative. You can be positive in a tragedy, you can be positive in a situation where there's a disaster, you can find life in the midst of it. Our bush is already finding life in the midst of fire. There's already plants regrowing within days of a fire. There's already life happening. Some of those plants will not grow unless there's fire. So sometimes they are meant to burn because they would never germinate without it. And so life can come out of tragedy. Life can come out of disaster. We need to be seekers of the truth not seekers of argument or seekers of being right at the expense of destroying relationship with people. I've seen so many people, they have to be right. So they'll argue with people. I've seen Christians that say no because they know someone's doing the wrong thing. And they'll argue with them. And they'll, they'll, they'll even use the word of God to say no, you're wrong. And they'll argue with them and pull them down. And that never works. That just separates and pushes someone away. For the sake of being right, they destroy the relationship. And that person then takes that as well, If you, that's the way it is and I don't want to know God at all. So we need to be people that will speak life in situations, that we don't have to be right in every conversation. We don't have to walk away saying, oh, I was right and you are wrong. I've got it all together. Whether you know that's the case or not, you don't have to live like that. You can speak life in a situation and listen to the other person. We're not going to please everybody. And our goal shouldn't be to please everybody. Our goal should be to represent and live like Jesus did. Jesus did everything right and still had enemies. If Jesus had enemies and did everything right and spoke with love and kindness and healed the sick and did incredible miracles and still had people that wanted to kill him, then don't expect that you're going to be a people pleaser and have all, everyone's going to be friends with you and, you're going to, and you go, I can live with the Christian and everyone will still be my friend. No, they won't. If you really want to live for Jesus, you'll have people that hate you. That's the truth. You'll have people that disagree with you. Because their own brokenness and pain—it's not, not doesn't mean it's you. But there's a there's a spiritual battle in behind every conversation. There's a spirit of this world that has a hold of their life, and you've got the Holy Spirit, and they're clashing. And so they they are They say and they speak vile things and pull you down and say all this stuff. And they did the same thing to Jesus. That doesn't mean that you stop. That doesn't mean you're going oh well I like, I have to back off and just be like a, a comfortable Christian where I just try and fit in and with every everybody and keep everyone at peace. No, then you'll get comfortable and then you'll get stagnant and then you'll die that's how it is you need you need to speak with words of life and stand up for the truth and stand up with what is right and there'll be some that will criticize you but the majority of people love jesus 90% 95% 90% 95% of people love Jesus and when you stand up and live for him you'll find the majority of people love you and they'll respect you and they'll want to listen to what you say and they'll, and they'll love your spirit they'll love your generosity they'll love that you care for people and you get some little criticized but the majority of people will not criticize you majority of people want to listen to what you had to say because they're searching for truth and they're searching for life so stand up for what is right and live for him. We are called to live by truth and to follow the one who is truth. I just want to read a story. I read this on Facebook, an article. It's a true article. It's a true story, okay. Just putting it out there. Just, I checked it. Um, it's a true story about someone's life. And, uh, and it's a story about influence. And sometimes we think that we don't have influence. And I want you to read this story. And I, I want to tell you that every single person here, you have influence every single whether you think it whether you 're standing and, and speaking to someone about Jesus or having opportunity to do that or whether you 're just living, you know having no conversation but just living your work life and, and being an example that there 's people watching you you're having influence on people 's lives, and you don 't even realize that you 're doing it. I want to read you this story it 's a great story on this date september twenty second eighteen seventy one an elderly british lady eighty-two years young, was ushered into a heavenly reward earlier in her life in eighteen thirty five, her frustration at being an invalid left her feeling useless and questioning her very salvation. What she did next would echo through history. As a young woman, Charlotte Elliott was not sure of her relationship with Christ, not sure of how to be saved, even though she had been raised a minister's daughter. And the probing question of a Swiss evangelist, are you at peace with God, would not leave her mind. When she saw the evangelist a few weeks later, she mentioned that she could not shake this question, but she protested, what could she possibly bring to God? When when he replied that she need not bring anything but herself, she gladly accepted Christ. So 12 years later in 1835, crippled by illness and constant fatigue, she felt saddened by her inability to help a local church's cause. Remembering her conversation, she took out a pen and paper and wrote a poem to encourage others who felt perhaps they too had nothing to give. Just as I am, without one plea, uh, but that thy blood was shed for thee. And that thou bidst me come to thee, O Lamb of God, I come. Her poem was published and she was inundated with requests... She was glad to discover later that some copies were being sold to raise money for the very cause she felt helpless to assist. After her death, thousands of letters were found in her home, written by people whose lives had been transformed by her words. Her song had been translated into hundreds of languages, published in more than 1,600 hymnals, and she reached billions around the world and continues to bring people to Christ even today. Sixty years later, on this date, in 1931, a 31-year-old man riding in his sidecar of his brother's motorcycle in England finally came to the end of his internal struggle against whether Christ uh, was indeed the Son of God. He finally knew in his soul that indeed Jesus was just who he said he was. He realized that God calls us to him just as we are. When C.S. Lewis stepped out of that sidecar, he was a new man saved by grace. 99 years after Charlotte Elliott penned her words and three years after Lewis's conversion, the 16-year-old son of a dairy farmer listened intently as he heard the message of salvation preached at a revival service in Charlotte. When the song, Just As I Am, was sung at the end, young Billy Graham went forward to accept Christ. 20 years later... Billy Graham had become a successful evangelist and was invited to speak at a Cambridge University in England. His nervousness over the event nearly led him to cancel it. But he was introduced to a kind man named C.S. Lewis who encouraged him to disregard the critics who had spoken out against him and to continue with the revival. Reverend Graham went on to speak to an overflow crowd of 2,000 each night of the revival. And when he returned to England in 1989, he addressed a crowd of 80,000 at England's Wembley Stadium. As always, he closed the event with the same song that brought him to Christ, Just As I Am. Never think you have nothing to bring to Jesus. That is exactly what he wants you to bring, nothing. He wants you, just you. As you are, he can take frustrations like Charlotte Elliott's skepticism, like, uh, like skepticisms like Lewis's, the nervousness like Billy Graham's, and reach the world through you. Just as I am, though tossed about with many a conflict, many a doubt, fightings and fears within without, "O Lamb of God, I come, I come." People are looking for something or someone to trust. Trust comes with being consistent. What you say and what you do have to line up. Jesus wants us to represent him in what we say and what we do. Everything we do has to be filled with his love and grace. We can't do this in our own strength, but we can do it with the strength that Jesus gives us. The world is looking for people to be consistent. They've seen plenty of inconsistencies through the world we live through the media through social media, through um, politicians, through leaders of all different levels through their very own bosses at work through church leaders through churches over the years they've seen it through everywhere but when the church and as Christians as we rise up and we live consistently as we, what we say is what we do What we do in public is the same as what we do in private. When the people see living that way, we step into that gap of when the world is crying out, saying, who can I trust? Who, who can I believe? What can I trust? When the church steps into that gap and they see consistency, consistency in your own personal life. It doesn't have, it has, a church is just a group of people, a group of Christians. That's the church. And you can do it individually, do it as a group, wherever they see it. But when they see it consistently, they will say, well, that's someone I can trust. I need to follow you. And we actually reveal and show Jesus to them through our lives. Talking about truth, John 18, 37 to 38, Pilate asked this question about Jesus, to, to Jesus, about truth. And Pilate, with Jesus standing before him on trial, they brought him to Pilate, saying, this, he's done all these things wrong. And so Pilate said, okay, I'll, I'll see if, you know, I'll make a decision about this. And, and so Pilate responded, oh, so then you're a king. You're right, said Jesus. I was born a king, and I have come into this world to prove what truth really is. And everyone who loves the truth will receive my words. Pilate looked at Jesus and said, What is truth? As silence filled the room, Pilate went back, and Jesus didn't answer because it was the wrong question. As silence filled the room, Pilate went back out to where the Jewish leaders were waiting and said to them, He's not guilty. I couldn't even find one fault with him. But they still crucified him because they didn't care about the truth. They had their, the religious leaders had their own agenda. They had their own. They just wanted to kill Jesus. But obviously it was also in God's plan for him, for Jesus to die on our behalf and pay a price we couldn't pay. And Pilate asked the question, what is truth? And what he should have been asking is, Who is truth? I want to read you an article. It had the, we don't know the author of it. It's put in, it was put in Life Today uh, in a, a website, an American Christian website. And it talks about this incident with truth, and it's, it's very good. And the article says this Pilate had a problem. The Jewish leaders kept bringing Jesus Christ before him and demanding his crucifixion. He could not find any justification for it, but he needed to keep the peace between the Jewish people and the Roman government. Pilate's brief inter- interrogation of Jesus brought little clarity to the problem because Pilate was viewing things from a human perspective while Jesus was operating on a spiritual level. Pilate asked him about the accusation that he claimed to be a king. You are right in saying I'm a king, Jesus replied. In fact, for this reason I was born and for this I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. Frustrated, Pilate responded with the common philosophical philosophical question of the day, what is truth? Some things never change. For over 2,000 years, mankind has asked, what is truth? And like Pilate, so many people have missed it, even though it was right in front of them because they were asking the wrong question. The question is not what is truth, but rather who is truth? Jesus made it very simple for us. He said, I am the way and the truth and the life. But instead of asking who is truth, we continue to echo Pilate's words, what is truth? As long as we ask that question, we will be, continue to leave as empty-handed as Pilate. A non-Christian friend of mine once remarked, all you Bible thumpers act like you are the only ones who know the truth. I responded, we do. It's Jesus. Like Pilate, this made no sense to him because he viewed the truth as a what, not a who. The simple yet profound shift in our thought processes changes everything. I should differentiate between what is true and truth. While it's true that the grass is green and the hot air rises, we wouldn't say that the grass and hot air are Jesus. That's clearly not the meaning of Jesus' claim. Our English word for truth comes from the Old English tiwoth, which means fidelity. It is also akin to the Old English uh Trewoe, which means faithful, one modern definition is conformity to reality or actuality. Conformity to reality or actuality. Jesus is the source of all truth. He is dependably correct in all matters. He is the reality to which we must conform. Since Jesus is the truth, he is the most reliable source for the truth. He routinely begins his teachings in the New Testament with, with the phrase, I tell you the truth. In that light, it's interesting to look at other scriptures related to truth and substitute Jesus' name. So here's some scriptures, and I've just taken out the word truth and put the name of Jesus in there. So in Psalm 25, 4-5, it says, Show me your ways, O Lord, teach me your paths, guide me in Jesus, and teach me, for you are God, my Savior, and my hope is in you all day long. In Psalm 119:30, I have chosen the way of Jesus. I have set my heart on Your laws. Second, Thessalonians 2:10—that's a new translation—they perish because they refuse to love Jesus and so be saved. This is good. And pleases God our Saviour who wants all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of Jesus. 1 Timothy 2, 3-4. It's also interesting to look at the famous quotes. These some famous quotes of people that talked about truth. People that weren't all Christians that talked about truth. And we put Jesus in there instead of the word truth. Jesus is incontrovertible. Malice may attack it. Ignorance may deride it, but in the end, there it is, Winston Churchill. Whenever you have Jesus, Jesus, it must be given with love, or the message and the messenger will be rejected, Mahatma Gandhi. The love of Jesus has its reward in heaven and even on earth, Frederick Nietzsche. There are only two mistakes one can make along the road to Jesus, not going all the way and not starting, Buddha. Anyone who doesn't uh, take Jesus seriously in small matters cannot be trusted in large ones either. Albert Einstein. Jesus is like the sun. You can shut it out for a time, but it ain't going away. Elvis Presley. Even those whose statements are true, such as Gandhi and Buddha's, were like Pilate. Truth stood in front of them but they couldn't grasp that it was in the form of a person, Jesus Christ. Philosophical theories or truth are often an attempt to answer the nature question, what is the nature of truth? Uh, Properly stated, it should be, what is the nature of Jesus Christ? People look to the stars and the hills for truth, but they are focused on creation instead of the creator. Some look inside themselves to find truth, but given our sinful nature, it's like looking into an oil drum for drinking water. In the worst cases, people look towards unholy spirits for guidance, but Jesus clearly said that he is the truth, not a truth, and followed it with no man comes to the Father but by me. And this is why I want to read Colossians 2, 6-8, to and this is why Paul wrote these words. So often, just as you received, so, so then, just as you received, Jesus Christ as Lord, continue to live in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the basic principles of this world rather than Christ. Truth, according to the world, is relative and uncontainable. Jesus, however, is an absolute. He is present and He is faithful. He is the only way. Any other path to truth leads to destruction. But when you know the truth, He will set you free. Worship team, you can come on up. I want to finish with these couple of scriptures and thoughts. In John 14, 6-7... It says, Jesus explained, I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. No one comes next to the Father except through union with me. To know me is to know my Father too. And from now on, you'll realize that you have seen him and experienced him. Jesus made the statement, I tell you the truth, 70 to- nearly 70 times in the Bible. I tell you the truth. I you, he spoke it all the time. I tell you He said, if you want to see truth, you want to know the truth, I'm speaking truth. I tell you the truth. I tell you the truth. So when, if you want to know how to model truth or see truth, then you need to grab the Gospels. You need to see what Jesus did, how He spoke to people, how He lived, what He demonstrated, how the Holy Spirit worked through Him and healing took place because all of that is how He wants us to live. All of that is how He wants you to live. All of us is how... All of that is how he wants us to speak to other people, the way he spoke to other people in a relative time that's relative to our time. But, you know, and share stories the way he did. Share that, share things that grips people, that are, that gets people's attention. He shared things that they could understand. He didn't make it complicated. He made it easy. Jesus didn't just claim to be telling the truth. He backed it up. He backed it up with reference to the scriptures that clearly pointed to him. He backed it up with miracles that demonstrated he was from God. He backed it up with authority preaching and teaching that cut through every argument. He backed it up with the biggest miracle of all, predicting his own death and resurrection and then seeing it through. That's proof that when he says, I tell you the truth, he was in fact telling the truth. Truth must have a fixed point and truth must have a foundation and Jesus is both. Jesus is a foundation and Jesus is a fixed point. If there isn't a fixed point of truth, then people can just come up with their own idea of truth. And they can just say, well, this is what I think truth is. And they go off and live in that direction. I think this is what truth is. And they'll go on that way. But when truth has a fixed point, it has a standard. It has a moral standard. It has something to be looked back to. It sets a standard. This is the line. We don't cross this line. This is truth. This is the way we live. But people don't want to live his way. And so they'll make up their own truth and say, oh, he's not true. So I'll just go and make up my own truth. And in the end, they go and live their own life. And then no one remembers it because they die with their own idea of truth but Jesus is a fixed point he's a fixed foundation and you know and every you know a feel like say this every lie every deception that people are trying there's a lot of deception a lot of lies and people say this and that and they'll just they'll twist the truth and all that everything gets brought to light God doesn't leave things unturned people for a while will think oh, I can just uh, they won't see it or I can, just, oh, I can just keep telling this lie or keep telling this deception. In the end God will expose it. In the end it will come to light. In the end everything will be exposed. It won't stay hidden. God at the right time will lift it up and it will be exposed to what it is. God will give grace to people to deal with it but if they don't in the end he'll just, lift, he'll just lift it up and say here you go. I gave you many opportunities but you haven't dealt with it so now I'll just expose it so you can deal with it. If you embrace or know the truth, the Bible says, it will release true freedom into your lives. Or the Bible says it will set you free. Knowing the truth starts with hearing the truth. People can't hear the truth unless someone speaks it. So we need to be people that speak the truth. Our nation at the moment needs people that will speak the truth in love. They, need, they don't want deception, they don't want lies, they just want facts, they want the truth. They want, uh, to church especially, they expect us to tell the truth. They want Christians that will just speak the truth. Even if it's not what they want to hear, they would rather, most people would rather hear the truth, even if it's not something they agree with, than get deceived or, or say, lied to. They just want to know the truth and hear the truth. Then they can make a decision, then they can make a choice. So every time you speak the truth of God's Word to someone, you activate the beginning of true freedom in their life. Because the Word carries power. It's not dead, it's alive. And when you speak the Word of God, it plants a seed in their life. It makes them think. They walk away from a conversation. And then God, then the Holy Spirit starts reminding them and starts remembering that conversation. And they, start, they can't stop thinking about that conversation. They can't stop thinking about those words because they're starting to do something on their lives. It's challenging them to change. It's challenging them to take a step. It's challenging them to say, ask the question, is God real? Where, who can I trust? Who can I believe in? The answer is Jesus. Our world simply needs to know that Jesus is the one they can believe in. That Jesus is truth. That man will always wreck it. They'll always stuff it up. They'll always make, they'll go their own ways. But when Jesus is the center, when he's the fixed point, he's a truth you can depend on. He's a truth that you can live by. And we have to live like Jesus did. Truth needs to be also demonstrated. Truth can be in the middle of this Disaster. There's Christians, there's counselors all over our nation, thousands of them that are, that are Christians from churches that'll be, that'll be out there demonstrating love, demonstrating truth, demonstrating Jesus by practically doing it. We can speak it when we need to speak it. We can live it and act upon it when we need to. Why don't you stand to your feet tonight? We have to live like Jesus did. We have to speak the truth, but also live and demonstrate the truth. In a world who's asking, who do I believe? And asking, who can I trust? We need to step into a space and show them Jesus. Thank you for joining us. The Bayside Christian Church community aims to transform our city and beyond with the life and power of Jesus Christ. If you want to know more or just keep in touch, check us out at www.baysidechristianchurch.com.au or follow us on our social media sites at Bayside Christian Church.